Hello and welcome back to the Don't Read Into It podcast. I am your host, Reed Smith, and today is a sports episode. So if you don't want to hear sports for the next 30 minutes and you've never touched grass in your life, please leave now. You can tune in next episode. It will be another life episode. Ugh. Cannot believe you don't like sports. Get out of here. Ridiculous. I can't believe that. You're probably the same type of person to not like Mina Kimes on Twitter. Which is my first topic of the day. Tell me that isn't the cleanest segue you've ever heard me do. But yes, today is a sports episode and our first topic is a very topical one on Twitter right now. Number two on trending in the United States is Mina Kimes, the uh, analyst on ESPN. Now, she has had some haters recently. Well, forever. And I think most of them are due to the fact that she is a woman and also Korean. That uh, I mean, listen, coming from an AAPI person myself, uh, people aren't very accepting still in 2022. So, it's just one of those things, I suppose. But anyway, on Twitter, they continue to talk about this woman like she is not educated in what she's saying. Today's big thing was her talking about Jimmy Garoppolo saying that he's kind of along over... the ride with the 49ers, and think about that. How many people have said that on Twitter, on TV? I've said that, that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason the 49ers are winning. In fact, if with Jimmy Garoppolo in at quarterback, it kind of appears like the team is attempting to lose, which a lot of people have been saying. And that's kind of a joke that everybody makes regardless of uh, – It's just kind of a football fan joke, not anything to do with race or gender. But the people on Twitter, after Mina Kimes said that on NFL Live this morning, like absolutely went off on her and were like, how dare she say that? And some like former quarterback, Jeff Garcia, I don't even know who that is. So that's either me not being educated or him not being good enough as a player in his career. I'm going to assume it's the former, but... They attack her relentlessly on it, and you know Barstool's Dave Portnoy got on it, and no hate to him or any of them. It's just social media and everything is such a an S show, and I can't imagine is a as an analyst how how she's able to ignore that. Which you know I couldn't do it, but she just seems to always find trouble for no reason, like. She's just doing her job. And her takes are takes that you would hear everywhere else. Like, if you heard Skip Bayless or Shannon Sharp or Kirk Herbstreit, any analyst that is a man, if they said that, people would go on Twitter and go, oh my gosh, that guy is so... Well, Max Kellerman said that... We all remember when Max Kellerman was like, if there's nine seconds left in the game, you know who I'm taking? I'm taking Iguodala. <laughs> but no, but people made fun of him for it, but they didn't really hate on him for it. I'm not saying that these these male writers ha- or and analysts have have like nothing against them. Like obviously, there's going to be people that hate every analyst on TV. If you're on TV, that's a part of it, and that goes for Mina Kimes as well. But it there really is some vindiction behind the people on Twitter that go, Mina Kimes doesn't know what she's talking about. I don't get it. Like if they had valid criticisms, like. Oh, you know, she just annoys me on TV. Like, I, I'm her. she's not my favorite person to watch. It's like, okay, that's fine. 
But the, to personally attack an analyst just because you don't agree with their sports opinions, that's ridiculous. It, it, that's different from Skip Bayless. You remember when Skip Bayless was like, yeah, Dak Prescott's going to be a bigger leader after, like days after his, his brother had committed suicide? That's not okay. He got justifiably kicked to the curb. For, well, he didn't get kicked to the curb, but he got justifiably roasted for that. And, and, and that made sense. But Mina Kimes is getting similar like comments on her, on her posts on Twitter that Skip Bayless did after doing something so much worse than saying, oh, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is only winning with the 49ers because he has a great team around him. Are they wrong? Look at Kyle Shanahan's play, or is she wrong? Look at Kyle Shanahan's playbook. I mean, half the plays in his playbook are give Debo Samuel the ball and let him run. Every time Jimmy Garoppolo throws, something bad happens. That win at Lambeau Field, that wasn't due to Jimmy Garoppolo. That was completely due to the defense. That was completely due to special teams in that block. Uh, Hafanga played fantastic, a USC grad. He played absolutely great. Had that blocked punt recovery for a touchdown to tie the game. And then after that, had the defo- the great defense on Devontae Adams downfield on the next drive. It- it's just something that irks me. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, if you listen to me or know me, I'm not one of those people that get into politics or anything like that or, or attempt to. But it is annoying to see a, a one... A, a woman in journalism and two, an AAPI member like that that we can all relate to as an Asian American Pacific Islander, it's it's upsetting to to see that people are hating on Mina Kimes because she should be one of those people that people and I think a lot of people do, including myself. She should be one of these people that that the masses tout. I mean, that's what you want to see in sports journalism and an. Uh, in a in an industry that has been completely dominated by males, you know, and there has not been a lot of Asian American analysts or writers, in a in a what's it called in in our society, yet we're going to attack the person that or one of the people of many that that subverts those expectations and is, you know, not necessarily breaking barriers, but it's a good thing to see on TV. But we're going to disparage her because, oh, she has bad sports opinion take, in my opinion, number one. That's ridiculous. And, you know, I've just been reading things on Twitter all day. I, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, Twitter is a cesspool of diplomacy. I think we all knew that. Um, social media in general sucks. I've been talking about that a lot on my blog. Just annoying. Ugh, man. Just really gets on my nerves. One of the rougher things. But to continue on that same vein of things that I don't like that are sad, it has been a year yesterday since uh, Kobe passed away. Uh, rest in peace again to Kobe. Um, everyone, his daughter Gigi, uh the other members of that team that passed away on uh, that day, January 26th, 2020. Um, always sad. Kobe was one of my favorites. Um, 
a lot of people's favorites. Definitely meant a lot to the Lakers fan base, meant a lot to a lot of people for a number of reasons, what he did for women's sports, what he did for women's basketball. Um, just a person that made a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives and uh, unfortunate demise, one of the most unfortunate demises. Uh, shout out to shout out to my sweet mate, you know, using the bathroom in the middle of my podcast. Let's go, dorm life. I hope you all heard that. But um, we're going to move on. Speaking of things that belong in the toilet, let's talk about Rob Manfred. Let's go. You know, I I haven't talked about the baseball lockout on my podcast, mostly because I've been very upset about why. It's happening. And do I think that they're going to work out something before spring training? I sure hope so. Um, when pitchers and catchers report, uh, they better have something worked out. Because if baseball season gets delayed or shortened because of this lockout, I'm going to throw a massive fit. It will be a seismic level experience of anger if, if we're not able to get this season started in time. It's ridiculous, and ever since Rob Manford took over, Bud Selig wasn't the best commissioner. I think everyone can agree to that, but ever since Manford took over, it's gotten way worse. He's done everything to make the MLB look like clowns and to make himself look like a clown. I don't think he has any respect among anyone, and now with all of these things stacking up, we're now at a lockout. It was inevitable. We knew the CBA agreements were coming up, but the stubbornness of Manfred is is what's keeping baseball from getting out of this lockout. And it just so happens that the Rangers were making all these free agent signings. You know, Seager, Simeon, we were looking at Kershaw just before the lockout goes down, it goes out. And it was obviously going to be a better season. As a Rangers fan, we cling on to small things for success. We say, oh, goody, uh, we got an all-star infield. We're going to be awesome this season. It's going to be so fun to watch. But instead, it might get delayed because this jackass can't get his head out of what I just mentioned. His ass. And it's ridiculous. We're trying to grow baseball back as a game. A sport that was once considered America's pastime has just been flailing in terms of getting dominated by other sports. The NBA, the NFL, the NCAA football. It's embarrassing. And I'm not, I'm not one of those baseball is dying people. I think those people are stupid. I, I don't think it's dying at all. It has good attendance for all its teams. Its playoff it, uh, numbers on TV are always solid. But it's just one of those things where if, you know, maybe in 50 years, if, if we're not careful, then Major League Baseball could eventually go bankrupt or, or fail. It's not good. It's, un, it's not. It, it's just one of those things that I stay up at night thinking about. Just thinking about how a lockout in the middle of the NFL putting on the show of shows and last week's divisional round, you think, as a baseball fan, you go, you know, uh, these these things are, are, are things that need to be addressed. You know, how is baseball, and in my opinion, I enjoy watching baseball a lot, but how are 
baseball fans going to, or how are how is the MLB going to attract people that want to watch baseball in the summer and and once the NFL's over, how are they going to put a show on like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just put on? Uh, who's going to do it? Who's going to put that on? How can you market yourself in order to compete with high level things like this? Not a lockout because then everyone goes. Oh, damn, that NFL game was fantastic. Did you see it? Uh, Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds led the Chiefs down the field, kicked a game-tying field goal with this much time to go, and sent it to overtime and then won. And we'll talk a little more about that later. But then you go on Twitter, and people are saying the same thing I am. It's like, NFL just put on a fantastic show. Now what are the other professional sports going to do? Oh, NHL has regular season games on. Awesome. NBA, regular season. Uh, MLB, we're approaching spring training. Lockout. That is what will kill baseball. Rob Manfred is what will kill baseball. <sighs> These, The length of the game, all that stuff that this Manfred organization... Well, this not organization, but this Manford team of executives have been has has been focused on. See, I'm I'm so pissed that I can't even enunciate my words. But that they've been focusing on. Yeah, the games did need to be shortened a little bit. I think they did a pretty decent job of getting that. But you should be more worried about how you're going to put on a show compared to the NFL, which put on the three best football games in a row that I've ever seen in my life. Not the best games I've seen in my top 10, definitely. Not the best game, the best game I've ever seen in my life since 2006 Rose Bowl, but um, a number of things like that. It's just, just one of those things, I suppose, and as a baseball fan, it's really frustrating that when your favorite sport is getting outperformed by by just everything just a lot of things it's it's angering it's annoying but moving on to college football which uh this will probably be the last time i talk about college football unless something big breaks in the next time before summer so i just wanted to kind of do a college rap you know and i'm not talking like i'm not about to drop bars i'm not about to drop bars a rap w-r-a-p I was about to drop a bar to that, but I'll save y'all's ears from that. Um, want to talk about Texas. Two big moves this offseason. More than that, but two. Obviously got Billingsley from Alabama. Gary Patterson from TCU has joined as a coaching assistant. And from what I've heard, he's supposed to be a coach to the coaches. That's going to be interesting. I expect that to help the defense profusely. Um, just quiet. Kowski was not exactly the best defensive coordinator in the in the country last year. In fact, I, I would put him among the worst in Big 12. Uh, giving 50-plus points up to Kansas is something that um, is unforgivable and something that I'm surprised didn't get him fired, but I imagine getting Gary Patterson in here will help the defense. It Texas. I'm very biased towards Texas. This is the only podcast I'll probably ever get to be biased about Texas in in this thing. So I think Quinn Ewers, I, I don't know yet. He kind of seems like a petulant Manziel type, but we'll see. Um, I don't really care how he acts off the field if he gets Texas wins. On the field, that's all that matters. The kid has 
awesome arm talent. He just needs to maybe refine his attitude a little bit. I get why people are saying that he's the typical rich kid story, because he mostly is, but... Oh, I dropped my microphone. Ouch. But, um, yeah, Texas hopefully should be a little better, uh, especially since next season they're out of conferences. Or they have an out-of-conference game against uh, Alabama. <laughs> oh, man, and that's going to be the uh, Bryce Young Revenge Tour. So the Bryce Young Revenge Tour will move through... Um, Moved through Austin, Texas, unfortunately. Um, we'll see how good he does, the reigning Heisman champion. I don't think that Texas will get beat as badly as we all think. If we can get a Bijan Robinson masterclass, maybe 300-plus yards from presumed starter Quinn Ewers, maybe some, some Xavier-worthy fantastic catches, the talent is there for Texas. Is the coaching there? Maybe. Sarkeesian is a fantastic coach, in my opinion. I know that that record of 5-7 and seven does not reflect well on Mr. Steven Sarkeesian, but I believe in him. It is Sark season. If he beats Bama, put his name in the rafters. That's going to be kind of an SEC preview. No, no one really knows when Texas will complete the move. It's going to be in the next three years, though. So... You know, in 2023, 4, 5 is when everyone is predicting it to happen. In fact, that's when it's going to happen because that's when the Big 12 contract runs out with Texas and Oklahoma. The teams cannot leave individually. They have to go together or not at all. So I imagine since neither team wants to pay that, like, I, I can't remember the exact figure, so I'm not going to quote it. It's a large sum of money that they'd have to pay to the Big 12 have if they leave earlier. I imagine that Texas and Oklahoma join the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, join the SEC in 2025 or late 2024. We'll see. Um, yeah, that's about it. We'll see on that. Uh, my big thing that I would like to speak about on Big 12 while I'm on this topic that I will not be on for a while is will Baylor maintain their success? I don't think so. I think Baylor will maintain success of some sort, I do not believe that they will maintain success that they had this season. 12-2 and two out of a Baylor team is really pushing it, you know? Like, I, I do believe that Baylor is a fantastic team and will be a threat in the Big 12 for, for as long as Aranda is in charge. But do I think that they can sustain a 12-win season next year? I don't think so. Um, I love Gary Bohannon. I think he's a very good guy. But he's not what I think Baylor will be looking for. I was kind of shocked to not see his name in the portal. Um, or Blake Shapens. Uh, because that starting job, it's not, <laughs> season's not over yet. But that starting job is, is not as clear cut for, or for Gary Bohannon. As people think, I think if you look at how Blake Shapin played in you know the highest leverage game of his life uh, against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, I mean the guy completed his first 16 passes and didn't even look shaken up by it. Um, he really only started to struggle in the second half because he he kind of had a dumb run, ran for uh, I think it, I was at this game, so I think it was like an 11 yard run. Then he hurt his shoulder. That affected him for the rest of the game. Uh, plus, Oklahoma State's defense was relentless. 
absolutely all over the backfield all game. So I, I'm not that first half that Blake Shapen had. I think is indicative of of what this team could be in the coming years. I mean, an Aranda defense is always going to be a top of the conference, but the offense have some question has some questions, especially with Abram Smith leaving and declaring for the NFL draft. There's a lot of things to consider with Baylor, which is why I'm going to go ahead and make a nine-month or, or eight-month, pardon me, early prediction and say that Baylor next season finishes eight and four. I do not think that it's going to be an encore, but it's going to be a solid year. I'm going to go tough losses to OU, Texas, Iowa State, and oh man, who would be their fourth loss? I'll look at their schedule, but eight and four is is what I believe will be their record. And, you know, Baylor is not similar to me and my best friend. Is We've kind of had a linear path upward, and we're still working. We're not perfect by any means, but we are going into story time. We're going back to high school, student media, and it's just one of those stories that makes you think of Al Michaels' call and miracle. It th- makes you think of any motivational speech that you need. The story of my son. No, I'm just kidding. The story of just like me in high school. So I was kind of a dick in high school. I'm not going to lie to you, but I think every teenager in high school is kind of a prick. I'm not going to lie. So I've tried, have tried in my life to be a decent person predominantly, and I think I have succeeded, but in student media, the people in there irked the crap out of me most of the time, because when I wasn't dealing with the very sexist and racist man, this white guy that said the N-word and was from Boston religiously, um, when I wasn't dealing with him talking about uh, my best friend saying that she was not as educated in sports as we were when she definitely was. Um, When I wasn't dealing with that, I was dealing with people that didn't like when people shared opinions. But let me put an asterisk right there. If it was an opinion that they had, then they would go, oh yeah, that person's awesome. But if it was a realistic opinion or an opinion that, that didn't match their own views, they would then get angry and and start talking about you. And that was kind of where I sat in student media in high school. I didn't want to do it by the book. I'm somebody that wants to to be competitive, right? You know, if we're going to do something, then we're going to do it to the best of our ability. Not everybody, and I'm, in fact, I would say most of the people in there did not share that same view as mine. And I was kind of viewed as a hard ass and someone who had little sympathy for things, which is, it's, it's, it's not true. It's, I had a drive to win and wanted to be better than other schools, while the entirety of student media, for the most part, just wanted to stand pat and kind of communist their way with other schools. That's not cool. Um, if, because in high school, you know, at those schools, I'm, y'all know what high school I'm not going to do it to, but today I'm not going to mention it. In high school, it's just one of those things where you're supposed to be all kumbaya with people, even though they're, they're awful, you know? And 
it really used to bother me because you know my junior year of high school i was i thought i was gonna be like an editor for because it was a big deal to be like an editor for uh for like the media like the broadcast and then the the um newspaper i was an editor until my senior year but um I was an editor for the broadcast thing, and so commentary was kind of my area, and it was just one of those things. I've said that so many times. That's the that's the next whatever. I, I had a lot of cliche in my in my last episodes where it was just like oh blah, 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 whatever. I I commentated a lot of sports. I was widely seen as the one that knew the most about it, but I will admit that I did have an ego and. And I'm not going to lie and sit here like, oh, I didn't have an ego. I definitely had an ego, but it wasn't to the extent that everyone thought. Because a lot of people in today's society take self-confidence as ego. Not in college. In college, you're supposed to have self-confidence. And that's why me and my best friend, who also goes to UNT, that's why her and I have kind of surpassed everyone that we went to high school with, including the racist guy that was sexist towards her. It's one of those... Oh my, I'm about to say it again. Who am I? Why do I keep saying that? But um, we've kind of surpassed everyone in student media and and, in sports as well. It's just a lot of those people didn't really have the drive to win. They just didn't really have the, the drive to be better. They were like, we should share our knowledge with the other high schools and be the, the, the combined best. That's stupid. Do you think anybody in the history, do you think LeBron James goes into the, like the season and is like, all right, guys, let's go and let's lose the finals. <laughs> Second place, baby, let's go. Woo! <laughs> Chase Elliott gets in his, in his car at the Daytona 500. He goes, all right, guys, let's have a good race. Let's finish second. Not even attempt to pass the car on the final, or the first place car in the final lap. Let's go. That's not how I operate. That's not how I was raised. That's not how most people that do sports media were raised. Um, we like to be first, which is uh, why you're competitive on Twitter and you tweet out things like, oh, by the way, uh, got this news, bada bing, um, and you give your credit to people. And I think that's the predominant thing that I myself have learned in, in college. In high school, I was just... Uh, a pure ball of of um competitiveness like i was competitive against everything i was not in the mood for being fair to anyone because in my opinion i was like well why should we give freshmen a chance if we have fantastic commentators that are upperclassmen you feel me are you <laughs> And obviously that would be a problem, you know. I'm not going to lie, and again, I, I keep saying the same like phrases repetitively in this episode, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I wasn't someone that was kind of a jerk. I definitely was at times, and everyone can be a jerk, especially in high school. But at the on the same vein, and I'm, there were a lot bigger things going on in that classroom that people would then start to say that some of these things were my fault or the you know Reed is too competitive he's he's too harsh 
He doesn't know how to work in a team, which is not true. I've proven I can do that in multiple occasions in college. And I think that's what college has done for me, you know? In college, you're encouraged to be the best you can be. In high school, you're not encouraged to be the best you can be anymore. You're encouraged to, to, to obviously, you know, make sure that everybody has what they need and everything. And obviously in college, that is there too, you know, like as an editor in the paper, you know, me and the, and the big editor, we have to make sure that things stay well and we all work together as a team. That's not what I'm on about. I'm on about the the people that refuse to try to be the best. That's what, even in the publication I write for in college, we're like, yeah, we, we are big on timeliness because we want to get this story out. That was not present at, at, in high school. And the reason I'm bringing up this so much is because it's just kind of one of those, I was about to say it again! <laughs> it was, but it was one of those things where you kind of take a step back, especially my freshman year of college, is I was timid to like show that I ever had an opinion or anything that varied from anyone else's because I was afraid I'd get backlash for it, just like in high school. But in college, it's encouraged. They want you to have opinions. They want you to do this. Just wasn't really encouraged in high school, and that's a problem. Um, because when I have kids of my own someday, they're going to show up to high school and be like, oh, hell yeah, you know, we're good at stuff and we know we're good at it obviously i'm going to try to teach them their lessons of trying to be less arrogant which is what i've learned in college to be a little less arrogant to be a little more courteous my character has grown quite a bit to record podcasts semi-often <laughs> but in all seriousness um I, this is the second time i've harped on high school student media i in all seriousness and in all things, I wouldn't be where I was without high school student media. And it's more of a it's more of a, a knock on myself that I was not able to be more mature than the people that were in those classes with me that were doing student media with me. It's a shame that I was not able to be as you know a bigger person to, when people said things and and said that, oh, you have no idea what you're talking about, or, you know, you're wrong because you have this opinion. I wish I could have, in hindsight, just been like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's we all have our different opinions we're trying to talk about. Instead, it was more of a middle fingers up, I do what I do, and y'all are haters type energy that I had in high school. I got rid of that pretty quick in college, and it's been a fantastic experience in college, not only because my new attitude and my new perspective on things that I gained through student media in high school, but because the new opportunities and the new ways that we are able to spread our creativity and, and skill, it's encouraged. So that brings me to the top read tip that is always after story time. Stay, obviously you don't want to be a not a good teammate but if you have confidence in yourself stay confident in yourself there's no point in letting the opinions of others get you down that is my top read tip and we're back on to normal topics i mentioned that i was going to talk about this earlier as my last topic of the day i'm going to talk about nfl overtime i like it i like nfl overtime 
I, a lot of people complained after that Chiefs-Bills game that, oh, Josh Allen didn't get a chance. <laughs> oh, the game was so good, but Josh Allen didn't get a chance to win it. That's ridiculous. But I, I mentioned this in my blog a little bit. I, I wrote a little opinion a editorial about it. So it's not like Josh Allen didn't know the rules. And after the game, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, something light. We lost. It's tough. Whatever. Continuing on. But I don't think that the rules are unnecess are necessarily unfair. I think that the people that say it's unfair value defense very, very little because the defense of the Bills could have easily, well, not easily, but they were the best defense in the NFL this year. They had one injury on the corner, but they could just as well intercepted that ball that Kelsey caught to win it. They could have blitzed a little more. And I know this is woulda, coulda, shoulda, I know. But it's another one of those things. You know, if this was a YouTube video, I'd have like a counter in the corner of how many times I said another one of those things. But it's an, it is another one of those things where the rules are the rules, and they've been the rules since 1940, so why are we complaining about them now? A lot of people were complaining about the coin flip. What is more fair than a coin flip? It's a 50-50 of who gets the ball first. And like I said, the defense could have stopped Patrick Mahomes. They could have stopped Tyreek Hill. They could have stopped the entire Chiefs, Chiefs offense. That's just not how it happened to go. It is what it is. That's how NFL overtime works. And I know. There's a crazy stat that Bleacher Report put out the other day. It's like 91% of the time when the, the offense wins the game. Okay, cool. That's not really a big problem to me. I'm not like, oh no. It's the rules of NFL. I mean, it's been like that for 82 years. Why should we start complaining about it now? It was a fantastic game. I think that the momentum ended the exact same way it had to. Because I don't think, if the Bills would have gotten the ball, I don't know if they would have scored. I think they were a little shell-shocked after, after you know, allowing Patrick Mahomes to drive down the field in 13 seconds and get the game-tying or the game -tying field goal to bring it to overtime. There's no point in hating on the overtime rules because it's not going to change. And if it does change, I'll be quite crossed. Because all of the stuff that was recommended by an ESPN writer is super gimmicky and I hate it. So I don't want that to happen. You know, but I think that solidified Tom Brady... Or not Tom Brady, pardon me, I'm jumping ahead of the gun. I think that solidified Patrick Mahomes, that game and that performance, is is the future tal. If he wasn't even more already, he's the future talisman of the sport, taking it over from Tom Brady, who may be retiring. He's kind of left it ambiguous, saying that he wants the. it would be unfair for him to not be the best he could be and give the Buccaneers the best he could be. That sounds like a retirement statement to me. Unless he, he thinks he's going to be the best he can be next season, which, and who knows, it's Tom Brady. He could do anything. But if Tom Brady is retiring, he's undoubtedly the best player to ever play in, in the NFL. But if he is retiring, it will be a real effing shame to have him go out on loss. To the point where I'm like, 
he should opt out of the Buccaneers, sign on like a 10-day or whatever the NFL equivalent is of a 10-day, start one game, like the opening game for the Patriots, one time, get that final win, and then retire for the rest of the season. Because I would hate to see Tom Brady, Tom Seven Super Bowl Brady, go out on a loss. And a loss that that stings like that one to the Rams. I mean, he, he made it a game, though. Like, the guy made it a game. He's, he's a wizard. But, no, I, I refuse to, to think that the greatest man in the... Well, he is a good man. But the greatest player in the history of the sport we all love... I would hate to see him go out on a loss in that way. So, Patriots, Tom Brady, I hope you're listening to this. Get that man a one-game contract and and let him win his final game of his life. Let him do it. Please. Please. I'll pay for his contract. <laughs> oh, man. But thank you for listening to this episode of the Don't Read Into It podcast. It is... We'll be back to a lifestyle podcast next week. Like I said, if you didn't hear in the last episode that we're going lifestyle, then sports. We're going off and on with the two. If you'd like to follow my blog, which I allude to a lot, it's very active at the moment. I've written four stories in like the last three weeks. Uh, follow it on don'treadintoitpodcast.wordpress.com. Once I'm getting a little more money, we'll get rid of that wordpress.com. I'll get my own domain. But in the meantime, I'm not really, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I can't or I can afford to do that. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, my personal account, or you like just looking at UNT Sports or hearing my random thoughts, go to read underscore Smith 25 on Instagram and Twitter. And then my podcast Twitter, which is the best place to keep up with podcast news, blogs, and new episodes. My Twitter is D-R-I-I podcast, exactly how it sounds. Thank you for listening once again, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Please have a good day. And if you don't, I will rip my Apple Watch off and throw it out of my car.